Welcome to the Inspectations Podcast, hosted by Justin Starbird, CEO of the Abley Group. In business, one of the most difficult tasks a leader must do is find a way to inspect what they expect. Too often, great businesses fail or managers lose their way because they were operating based on expectations that they had not yet inspected. The Inspectations Podcast brings together business leaders from all industries to talk about best practices, innovation, leadership, and business development. You're listening to the Inspectations Podcast. Here's your host, Justin Starbird. Welcome back to the Inspectations Podcast. My name is Justin Starbird, and today I get to welcome pretty neat guy, a great, uh, uh, a new friend, Greg Edwards, CEO of Canary, um, formerly Cyber Stopper. Greg, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Justin. Hey, yeah, pretty excited uh, to talk to you. You know, we're going to be talking about cybersecurity, um, a really important topic in today's uh, business climate. And, you know, something that a lot of folks don't realize is something that they're actually looking for and they need. But you know, before we get into that, tell me a little bit about you know Canari when you made that transition and and um, you know what you're what you're doing today. Yeah, so so my background has always been in IT. I've owned a managed services business that I actually still own today uh, since 1998, and Canari is the the second uh, software as a service business that I've started out of out of that company. The last was an offsite backup and disaster recovery company. Uh, and I started seeing the rise of ransomware as far back as 2012. And that's mm-hmm. so it's been 10 years now. Uh, and that actually coincides with when Bitcoin became readily available. And that's really what's driven the cybercrime massive wave that we've had over the last 10 years is that availability of first Bitcoin and then all of the cryptocurrency that's available because it's allowed these guys to get paid completely anonymously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sold the offsite backup company in 2016 and started what is now Canary. Uh, actually started that out as a full service managed security services practice, but we built Canary as part of that because none of the tools that were in the market would actually stop actively running ransomware attacks. Sure. And that's what Crypto Crypto Stopper was the original product. We've rebranded and now are Canary. Uh, and what Canary does is it deploys bait files like a canary in a coal mine, except the canary is a, a predatory badass bird that, yeah. that attacks the uh, attacks the attack and actually stops actively running ransomware that's that's gotten past all of the other defenses and is actively running on a network sure well you know let's go back even and define some of these terms i mean we hear them in the news you hear them you know uh, all over uh, social media you see it and pop-ups um, as you're you're browsing different websites yeah. So what is ransomware? How do, how do people get it? And, and what does it in fact do um, to, we'll start with the, the personal side of things. Yeah. So fundamentally what ransomware is, is it, it utilizes encryption to lock files. So it takes the files that are on your system and essentially scrambles them. And then to be able to unlock them, you have to have a password. Uh, that's an encryption key. And that's how they demand that ransom. They say, okay, if you want your files back, 
then you got to pay this ransom and we'll give you that password to unlock them. That's fundamentally what ransomware is and what it always has been. Um, some things have changed over time. They will now, in addition to encrypting the files on the local machine, they'll also exfiltrate the data and then demand a ransom, not only to unlock the files, but that they'll, if you don't pay, then they'll release them uh, on the dark web. Yeah. And you know, like, what's the, I mean, end goal, I mean, of course, to get money for, uh, you know, unlocking these files and, and not having them, them posted, but, you know, where's the motivation? I mean, it feels like that's something that a, a celebrity or a big business has to deal with. Yeah. So this is, this is affecting businesses of every size. So I've seen companies as small as a few employees get hit and have their entire file system encrypted and not be able to access it up to, um, so Colonial Pipeline was one of the biggest ones in recent history that was mm-hmm. hit that shut down um, 45% of the gas and oil flow to the East Coast and caused massive disruption. And so you've got that breadth of the very small mom and pop shop that are vulnerable to it all the way up to massive corporations and everything in between, including hospitals. So hospitals were something during the pandemic that were heavily targeted and and hit. And you can imagine in a hospital environment, if you shut down the entire computer network, what that does to their, their ability to, to run. And just yeah. like any other business, it essentially stops them. Yeah. At, at Canary, what is you know uh, your mission now? I mean, it's um, it's a pretty big undertaking to look at you know ransomware, some these cyber attacks, and where they're coming from. You know, how have you positioned uh, your mission? Yeah, so our mission is to stop the damage of ransomware. So we have, and I saw this early on that what was going to happen with ransomware is this morphing of all of the malware that's existed as long as we've had technology that has now all morphed into almost exclusively ransomware. And so when you think about how malware has worked and has evolved over time, some always gets through. And so our mission is to be that last line of defense so that companies aren't completely taken down by a ransomware attack. So the attack can get through, and we call that defense in depth, where you you try to stop it, but if it gets through, you've got another layer of protection um, so that you don't have to then rely on your disaster recovery planning, shut the entire company down, restore all of the files and, and, these attackers actually go after the backups as well. So you may not even be able to recover. Uh, and so our mission is to, to stop that damage of a ransomware attack happening that I saw. So with the offsite backup company, uh, we had 20% of our client base get hit by ransomware between 2012 and 2015. And so we were able to recover companies the way we were doing it. We were doing cloud backup and recovery before the cloud even existed, starting as far <laughs> back as 2002. Um, but it was still hugely disruptive. So we could have our, our clients' systems back up and running in two hours, but then they all had to connect remotely over the internet, which, you know, 10 years ago, that was like, people are like, what? Right, right. That was, yeah, yeah. that was a uh, cutting edge. 
yeah, it was cutting edge back there. And, and to give you a, an example, uh, in 2012 is when Hurricane Sandy hit the East Coast. We did nine simultaneous recoveries for companies that were completely down. So their offices, they couldn't even get to their offices. We were able to recover them and allow them to work remotely. In 2014, we had one weekend where we had 13 simultaneous recoveries because of ransomware. And it, it became obvious to me that ransomware was going to become a more common reason to have to recover and have a disaster than hurricanes and other natural natural disasters and hardware failures and all the other reasons that people have disasters. And so that mission of being able to control that damage so that you don't have to go to the backup is exactly why, why I started Canary. Yeah. As the CEO today, former, uh, you know, as a, the founder of, of the company, how has your role uh, adjusted over the years, uh, you know, from, you know, you're probably wearing you know, all of the hats to begin <laughs> with and, uh, and today, you know, leading your team? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's certainly morphed over, over that time. And we started out with three people. And now we're, we're at 20. So we're still not a huge company. Um, but yeah, starting out as three people, we were, I was doing everything from yeah. sales development, <laughs> you know, building processes, uh, doing everything. And now has, has shifted to much more of a, a rather than running day to day and, and being in the depths of development and you know what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis it's much more what are we doing next quarter what are we doing next year and building out our roadmap and the vision for the company as opposed to being in the nitty-gritty of of calling up prospective clients <laughs> right <laughs> you know that vision is uh truly unique and you know, some of the stuff that I've, I've seen and as I've gotten to, to know the company, um, you're working in an incredible, you know, technology, you're offering service that, that not a lot of people do. Is it difficult to tell that story as a company? So I mean, it is a little bit difficult. And I actually had um, mentors of mine when we were starting out actually say, do people do people even know that they need this? And at the time, the answer was no. They, I mean, people don't understand what this technology is or why they would need it. I said, but the attackers are going to educate them. Like I've seen enough of these attacks. This is back in 2016 that I knew that there were going to be so many ransomware attacks that it was going to become common in it and became even more true than I expected. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it's, I mean, it has certainly become easier. I mean, we still have a very unique process of the way we do what we do. And so there's still some education there, but the majority of our clients, um, we work primarily with managed service providers that mm -hmm. are the IT departments for small to medium-sized businesses, and they've experienced ransomware firsthand. I mean, I haven't talked to sure. a, an owner of a managed services business that hasn't dealt with ransomware attacks. I, I mean, it's been years. So they, they know the pain. They know that the tools that are out there aren't stopping it. And this 
this product of Canary really sits in that damage control place between the protection tools and the disaster recovery to mitigate that damage. And so they get it when we explain it like that. Do you, you know, we talked a little bit offline about this, but do you have to protect yourself sometimes uh, like from your own marketing, meaning, uh, you know, talking about fear or, uh, you know, doom and gloom or those sorts of messages and instead of scaring people, you know, the education piece? Yeah. So we definitely have to have to do that. Um, so we call it in, in the cybersecurity space, and I'm sure in lots of other spaces, we call it FUD, fear, yeah. fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And you absolutely could sell on that. I mean, people buy on fear is an emotion that's that's very strong to buy on. And so we try not to, and we educate our salespeople to, you know, don't don't just use that tactic. Show show the prospective clients why they need this. What's the benefit of having it? They already know the fear. I mean, again, the attackers have have educated the market, uh, and so we don't have to build that fear any more than is already out there. Yeah. Don't they say something like uh, each attack is an average cost of, you know, over a million dollars? uh, 2.6, 2.6 million is the average cost now. Yeah. Uh, and when you think about that, um, you know, you're, you're gearing more towards, uh, you know, different size businesses. What does make uh, Canary so unique uh, in the space right now? Yeah. So the big thing is that, the, that it's that after the fact stopping of the attack. So all of the existing cybersecurity tools out there are designed to prevent a, an attack, whether it be a ransomware attack or um, exfiltration of data. And if that fails, if that prevention fails, which happens all the time, then there's no, there's nothing else other than going to the disaster recovery. And so that's where with, with Canary being that damage control, that's what makes it so different. And we use um, we use bait files to inform our algorithm, and we call it a post-execution termination algorithm. And really, it's just a fancy way of of saying we're watching the files for malicious activity happening, and then we have a trigger that stops that activity. Yep. So. Uh, you know, we're talking a little bit abstract here uh, in terms of, you know, what the technology does, how the service helps helps uh, customers. You know, you've certainly assisted, uh, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of your clients, uh, you know, recover quicker and and not have to deal with the the attack. What are some like specific examples that you can talk about? Like, you know, let's let's hear some stories. Yeah. So um, so a couple of recent ones, um, one and I won't give names of companies. Oh, of but, course. Of course. Um, so one was a, a retail store that had 12 locations and these ransomware attackers actually started their attack on a and it was a a little after 6 p.m. on a Friday evening, uh, which was intentional so that they mm-hmm. knew that the IT staff was out and locked all of their servers, locked all of their local backups and took them completely down. So 12 locations, over 500 employees 
and took, shut them completely down on a Friday night. It took them until the next Monday. So they were down an entire weekend. They luckily did have offsite backups that they could recover from, but to get that back up and going, um, they were, it, it took up three days to get back up and going and then weeks to get everything back online. And then the attackers started running DDoS attacks. So they didn't pay because they were able to recover from their from their backups. Again, still took three days to get back up and going. Um, but about two weeks later, after they were back up and running, they, they ran what's called a DDoS attack. It's a denial of, of service attack and mm-hmm. shut down all of their websites and continued to cause damage because they didn't pay. Right. So, you know, so that was one example of a, a mid-sized company, um, a little over 500 employees. Uh, another one that I dealt with was a, a 38 employee small manufacturing company. Mm-hmm. And they shut down their entire accounting system and locked all of the accounting and um, sales and quoting all, all of their ability to be able to run the business. Mm-hmm. And in that in that case, um, they completely destroyed the server that housed all of that data. And it took in that case took about two weeks. I mean, they were able to. It was a little like basically ran off of paper for yep. two weeks and didn't shut down their manufacturing luckily which which can happen and they luckily had segmentation so that the production environment was separated from their accounting and business operations system sure. but talk about hugely disruptive and that's you know that's a 38 employee company up to over 500 employee and then um, you look back at the colonial pipeline event yep. that was one of the biggest in recent history that shut down gas and oil supply to the East coast. You know, it's, it's the breadth of these attacks. There's no business that's, that is not a target. Yeah. So that's just incredible because, you know, we're talking earlier um, this is all a relatively newer form of attack on, on small businesses. What do why do people not have this right now? Like why, why would a, a small to mid-sized company, you know, not invest in this or think that they shouldn't invest in it? So, so the biggest thing has been that they, they think that they're not a target. And, it, you know, in both of those examples that I gave the 38 employee and even the 500 employee, they're like, you know, why would they, we're small companies. Why would they attack us? And the thing is, I mean, if you have, a bank account and an internet connection, you they know you have money and you're yeah. <laughs> they're trying to extract that money. And you add to that that these aren't these attackers are not the hacker in a hoodie in his mom's basement that everyone thinks of. These are well-run criminal organizations that they're making millions and millions of dollars doing this. And in in Russia, it is not illegal for these attackers to, as long as they don't attack companies that are within Russia, what they're doing is completely legal in mm-hmm. Russia. And so, you know, I, I think back to if I were 20 years old and lived in Russia, 
and didn't have the opportunities that I do here in the US, but I could go attack the evil United States of America and bring money back into my country, would I have done that? I mean, I hope hope to think that I have more of a moral compass that I wouldn't have, but if it wasn't illegal and you were seen as almost a Robin Hood, yep. then it, it's understandable why we have such a problem. Yeah. Does Are there certain times of year or certain industries that are affected at different times of year? I mean, do Paul, you're talking about Russia and we're talking about, you know, now we're talking about politics. Um, you know, does a, a political cycle have anything to do with that? So not particularly. I mean, there are differing like like holiday weekends are a prime time for attack. Uh, and that's more logistical than it is. Uh, seasonal. So they they want to cause as much damage as they can while the I, IT department's not watching is really what it comes down to. Um, and then there's there are always um, there's just always more attacks over the holidays uh, than the rest of the year. But from a seasonality standpoint, it's really more about how can they leverage their attacks. So we do see surges. Uh, mm-hmm that happen and that's more based on the vulnerabilities and the attack vectors that they're able to use and they'll try and use those as quickly as they can before the cybersecurity companies like us you know recognize how they're getting in and and block them from coming in sure and uh i mean this is such a a fascinating topic because because literally anybody seems to be a, a, a target when you're talking about going through a sales process and and you're talking about like you know talking uh marketing your uh, canary what are some ways that that you actually outreach to to businesses and and that folks can actually uh, find you yeah so well so what we're doing today is is certainly one way and yeah. becoming a thought leader within the industry and talking to and and speaking at events and um, doing webinars and podcasts and those digital elements along with in-person events uh, really are the primary ways that that we market CryptoStopper. Um, we write lots of blog articles. Uh, our website canary canary.com is where people can find us. Um, but really, we we approach marketing from an educational standpoint. And that's really, I mean, for us, it's out of necessity, but I think it's something that every company should look to do, uh, figure out where that, where can they educate the market and, and teach people. And really with cybersecurity, there's so many aspects that people need to consider and not just the piece that we cover. Yeah. So Canary is, is certainly, uh, you know, one step. What are some uh, other ways in which, you know, folks can continue to protect themselves against these sorts of attacks? Yeah. So, so the number one thing is what I call good hygiene. So uh, <laughs> it's really making sure that number one, you understand what technology assets you have and that then number two that those assets are all current and up to date with security patching uh, so that's in my opinion I mean that is one of the easiest and most important things that 
companies should be doing. Um, and then it's then it's all about having the other layers of protection that are antivirus and making sure it's up to date, um, training your employees so that they aren't susceptible or aren't as susceptible to phishing attacks and social mm -hmm. engineering. Um, and then having good disaster recovery. If all else fails, um, you want to make sure you absolutely can recover. And whether that's a hurricane that hits or a fire or a cyber attack, you want to be able to recover. Sure. Yeah, right. They say um, employees are your greatest asset and also uh, biggest risk, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and putting that into cybersecurity terms, it's definitely the biggest risk. Yeah. Well, what's next uh, for, for Canary then? Yeah. So, I mean, the big thing is growth for 2023. Um, we have, we launched uh, in 2020 to the managed services provider industry. Uh, and so through 2020 and 2021 have really grown. And now in, in 2023, looking to 2023, um, that continued growth. Yep. That's great. Well, Greg, I'm really thankful to have the opportunity to talk about this really important topic. I mean, it's it's something for all of our listeners, but really it's for all um, all businesses to be looking at. Do, do you have any any parting thoughts? So look at look at your cybersecurity and look at the company, either the IT department that you're utilizing or the company that's managing it and make sure that you can hold them accountable to make sure that they're doing what they say they're doing and that your systems are as protected as you possibly can be. So inspecting what you're expecting, right? It, absolutely. All right. Well, Greg, thank you for joining the Inspectations podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Justin. Great. You've been listening to the Inspectations podcast on behalf of my guest, Greg Edwards, the CEO of Canari. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Inspectations podcast. On behalf of your host, Justin Starbird, and our guests today, thank you for listening. To learn more about the Inspectations podcast, our guest, or the Abley Group, please visit us at www.ablygroup.com. Be sure to keep inspecting what you are expecting.